0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannam, and in this HR Chat, we're going to talk about building and maintaining relationships. Listen to, as we talk about lessons from the world of social media marketing that can be transferred to leadership and HR. My awesome, illustrious guest this time is Ted Rubin, a senior social media marketing strategist, international keynote speaker, business advisor, author, connector, provocateur, and a whole bunch more. In March 2009, Ted started using the term ROR which is a return on relationships listeners uh, the hashtag for that is r on r believe it or not uh, his book return on relationships was released back in January 2013 how to look people in the eye digitally was released in Jan 2015 and the age of influence selling to the digitally connected customer was released in May 2017 ted is currently writing his latest book because three books apparently is not enough, Uh, along with his business partner and retail thought leader, John Andrews, titled Retail Relevancy. Hey, Ted, welcome to the show.
0: Hey Bill, thank you so much for having me. What a great job you did with that introduction. I don't think I could have done that better myself. I will say that the fourth book is really John Andrews' book, My Business Partner. He's a retail geek. I'm just kind of along for the ride and adding some of the engagement relationship kind of content as, a, as a, uh, an overall perspective on where retail's going. But uh, just a little bit quick more about myself. I got involved in digital in 1997 when I joined Seth Godin's company, Yo-Yo Dine, um, back at, you know, when all this kind of started, when e-commerce was nothing more than catalogs online, and most online media was just repurposed magazines and newspapers. So I've kind of been along for a long ride, and I'm really kind of excited to have this discussion with you. I really appreciate you reaching out.
1: Me too. I'm very excited. And I was delighted when you said, yes, Bill, I can do that. I, I can come on your show. And here we are. Um, OK, so I want to I want to start by talking a little bit about your personal philosophy, Ted, because I like it and I think it's cool. And I think it's something that you should share with the world as much as possible. Um, and, and and it's uh, it's to do with a quote uh, that, that you say you do your best to live by. Uh, on a daily basis. And and here's the quote, uh, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. What, what does that quote mean to you, Ted? And how can leaders take those lessons into the workplace?
0: Well, you know, for me, so I'm 63 years old. So I've been around for a few years. And even well before I got to this point, you know, life tends to throw you a lot of curveballs. Uh, I don't think there's anybody on this call, or if there are, there's very few, whose careers or their life or their families have all progressed and moved along exactly uh, the way they expected. You know, we all have challenges in life. Something that goes along with my uh, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass perspective is a term I use called no let up, that there's no let up in life. And that where there's always something going on, whether it's a change in our our careers, whether it's a... um, whether it's a challenge in our families whether it's what's going on in the world and so for me there was a time in my life as probably a lot of people who are listening here where you know you say I'm going to wait to do that until everything's right or I'm going to wait until I'm a, I've been walking or in a little bit of shape before I start running or I'm going to I'm I'm not going to look for that new job until I get to the point where everything's quieted down in my personal life and what I've learned is you cannot wait for those times you've got to learn to dance in the rain because Bill, I don't know what to tell you, but it seems like it's always raining in one part of our world or another. So I try to pursue my life and the things I do with that perspective. And as far as leaders go, I think it's really important because leaders can also really get stuck in that mindset of we need to accomplish this before we do that, or we need to wait until the company's mature enough to handle that, or, oh, we just hired a bunch of new employees and they're not ready for that. The concept of dancing in the rain is that there's always going to be something that can hold us back, but we've got to move forward and put a put one foot in front of the other every day.
1: Okay, I'm not so sure about on um, a philosophical or existential level, but certainly on a physical level, as a Brit, I'm very good at dancing in the rain, listeners, because we get <laughs> lots of practice in the UK. Um, okay, let's talk a bit about the notion of uh, of social return on investment, then, Ted. In, in a recent LinkedIn article. Uh, called social ROI measuring return on the relationship is invaluable you say and here's here's the quotes it all comes down to one word value how do your social media efforts create value for for you as a brand and for your audience which then reflects on your brand what prompts that viewer to come back to your social channels or any other place you're, you're looking to drive them that's the end of the quote can, can you explain this more to our audience Ted? Um, and maybe maybe you're able to, again, transfer some of those lessons to, to leadership and maybe to the world of HR.
0: Well, I'm going to start out with with another quote from that article that, that talks that kind of comes up after what you just read. This is social marketing is less about driving traffic and more about attracting traffic. You know, it's evolved from seeing who, we could, who could gather the most likes. I don't know if you remember those days. I'm sure you do when it was all about likes or things like that, which, by the way, likes and views have an importance in a certain perspective. If you're trying to get the word out about something, if you need reach, it's just like buying an ad on the Super Bowl. It doesn't necessarily close sales, but a lot of people see what you're doing. And for me, I think that what's happened is too many people have taken these social platforms and turned them strictly into advertising mediums. Now, again, Facebook can drive a lot of sales. I'm not saying that that the advertising platforms or usages of these platforms should be stopped. What I'm saying is there's so much more value to be had on these platforms. If you just want to use them as an advertising platform, all you really need is a media buying company. All you need is somebody that's tracking your media buys, what the ROI is on it, how you're attracting and how you're moving from getting people to your site to the sale. But if you're looking to build a brand, and to get people to talk about you, to feel good about you, to get that customer experience, which is what keeps people coming back. Then you need to start thinking about, Who are you dealing with? What's important to them? How can I connect with them in a way that they feel good about being connected to? How can I empower my employees to be involved in that process of content creation, of engagement, of building a voice for the company? Something I like to say is that a brand is what a business or a person does, but a reputation is what people Remember and share. Now, here's where a lot of companies get stuck. They they, they start talking about ROI, which, by the way, I, I want to make sure real quick that nobody misunderstands this. I am not saying return on relationship replaces ROI or is more important than ROI. In the end, ROI is everything. Return on investment has to do even in our personal lives. How do we spend our time? What's the return on investment of the time we spend with our children, the time we spend with our friends? What I'm saying is return on relationship will enhance your ROI if you wrap it around everything you do. because ROI will match a fixed period of time, or perhaps, the income-related, whereas ROI has what I call a halo effect. You know, two projects can have the same ROI, but one was completed with better relationship management, and it has the added benefit of satisfied satisfied customers in a long-term relationship. Because to me, what I believe has happened now in this new environment, especially post-COVID, is that the relationships have become so much more important, the way companies interact with their consumers. People are much more aware and paying a lot more attention to that.
1: So I'm going to challenge you now for the next two questions to keep your answers to 60 seconds or less. There's a challenge that I like to do to, to, to some of my guests sometimes. So you're talking about work from home, Ted, and, and all the effects that's, that's had on, on employees and, and uh, how leaders have maybe changed a lot of their views about the, the productivity that can happen when, when folks are working from home. But what about relationships? You know, the, the, this interview today, we're, we're talking about relationships. Is it is it a lot more difficult to have genuine authentic relationships with your colleagues with your peers with your boss with your employee if, if you're if you're virtually never excuse the pun virtually uh, virtually never in in the office
0: um, I would I would agree with that. I think it takes a little more work. I think companies and HR departments have to start thinking about how do they encourage people to engage remotely when they're remote, to set up s- situations where people can meet when, it, when it's safe um, for events, for other things, especially if a lot of your employees end up being remote. I think it's important to encourage people to share things online. It's another reason I think social platforms are so important. I think one of the big upsides is you can share what's going on in your life, but a lot of people have been told in the past they shouldn't share what's going on in their personal lives. I think that they have to be encouraged to do more of that. And I think, yes, I think it's something that we, I don't think I have the answer for you or all of it right now, but I think it's a perspective, a mindset and an attitude thing that we have to adjust going forward.
1: I keep hearing from folk that um, that they're being told that they must they must meet up with their colleagues at least once a month, so they get a little bit of face time. But other than that, their their bosses are okay with the idea of everybody working remotely these days. We'll we'll see if that's the, the formula to follow. As, uh, the I, I don't progress. I don't
0: think that's a bad idea. I just think we have to think about how we do it and make sure it's it's less forced and it's more congenial.
1: And, and of course safe, right? We, we, yeah, we, we, uh, and of forget.
0: course of, of course safe, and we're gonna see how that develops going forward.
1: Okay, two more questions for you before we wrap up for today. Um I'm gonna challenge you again in sixty seconds or less. And this is a toughie actually. Um what what two or three tips would you have for leaders to help them continue to build and reinforce their relationships with with the employees? So they've got employees, Ted, that they've already got relationships with, but you know. all too too often we're all guilty of uh, taking relationships for for granted. So what what, what two or three tips can you offer to help leaders continue to build and reinforce those relationships? And also as part of that, I don't know if you've got a spare 10 seconds, uh, what, what happens if a leader takes the relationship for granted?
0: Okay, so we got 60 seconds. Okay, speed. Um, (laughs) I I think leaders have to start thinking themselves as part of their teams. I think they have to start realizing that they need to know about their people's personal lives. They need to reach out to people. Yes, more time has to be spent. And this can be done in the workplace, as well as remotely. But leaders tend to seclude themselves. They tend to keep themselves at a different level. I think they need to start reaching out to their employees. I think they need to know what's going on in their lives. I think when they ask, how was your day? They need to listen to the answer because too many of us don't. It's more of a greeting than it is a true question. And I like to say, don't ask me a question if you don't want to hear the answer or you're not going to take the time to bother listening to the answer. So I think that leaders tend to put themselves in a standoff Standoff position. They've been told for years you can't be too friendly with your employees. You've got to keep the business relationship. I think we've got to move a little bit in the other direction. I think that they have to let their employees know who they are as human beings. It's one of the reasons I think even CEOs need to be posting more content. If they're not comfortable with social platforms, write blog posts um, or, or work with people on your team to do that. Let people know what's important to you and what's important to us. It can be business. It can be personal. It, you know, feel free to share. In- information. And there's ways to do this without making it political or making it that you're on one side or another, but you can still share your views.
1: Okay, I did say that that was my penultimate question. But while I've got you on the show, I, I, I do have to just You did say
0: three. 60 seconds. Don't forget that. I, I did have more to say, but I, I'm trying <laughs> to control myself here.
1: No, that's very good. Um, just just, a, just, one more question that I have to ask of you because you're, you're an expert. Um, what, what's, what's your take on folk who share uh, family photos and, and such like on LinkedIn? Is LinkedIn the place for, for that kind of material? Okay, so I have a strong opinion
0: about that. I think that social platforms are exactly what they're called, social platforms, which means, and they're personal social platforms. So on your page, you should be sharing whatever works for you, along with whatever your goals are. So if your goals are to get to know people better, to engage more, I think LinkedIn is a great place to do it. and a matter of fact, one of the reasons I do post personal content there is because there's a lot of people I'm connected to on LinkedIn that I'm not connected to on other platforms. Therefore, where else are they going to find out who I am? I think people want to know who they work with now. I think they want to know who their who their colleagues are, who their, who their co-workers are in their offices, who their clients are. We all want to know who people are as human beings and it's it's a way less about digging into their 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 hearts and minds so we know exactly how they think or or they're going to respond to something, and more about sharing their lives and being a part of it and knowing things that are important to them. So I say, personally, I share a lot of personal content on on LinkedIn. I don't share everything I share on Facebook, for sure, and I I don't share day-to-day. I don't share all the content. But yes, if I have a family event, if something's going on that I think is important, if I'm proud of my daughter for getting ready to graduate from Harvard Law School, I'm going to post it on LinkedIn because... I want my friends, I want my colleagues and my coworkers to know what's going on in my life and what's important to me.
1: Yeah, I agree with a lot with that, Ted. I, I just I personally, I think um, if you're going to do it on LinkedIn, particularly, um, at least make sure it's authentic and, and don't post things oh. just because you're trying to game the system and get likes and get comments because that's not cool. OK, no, and I, and what, I, see, I see that all the time. Um,
0: that, 100%. Just- I, I, I just want to say, Bill, I agree with that 100%. Again, it's about sharing who you are and what's important to you, not about getting more likes or, or gaming the system. And then also, this is very important, and I got to add this, pay attention to what happens when you post things. If you find out that the vast majority of your following really doesn't like that you post those things, then maybe it, it doesn't belong there because you're not building that engagement with those people. But if you find most do like it, then that's something to do. And don't worry if you you get one or two people that jump in and go, oh, you shouldn't be posting that. If you go to tedrubin.com and look under LinkedIn, um, if you search LinkedIn, you'll find I have a lot of posts about this and, and how strongly I feel that it's important to share what, what works for you and what's important to you. And also make everything personal. When you connect with people on LinkedIn, write a personal note. When somebody co- connects with you and you accept, write something back to them. Even though you're told most people don't read those things, it's not about the majority. It's about those one or two people who you will connect with who can change your life your career and just about anything else that's going on with you because the next person you meet and connect with could change your life
1: okay I have so many more things I want to say about that Ted but we don't have time (laughs) so uh, my my last question for you for today is how can our listeners uh, connect with and learn more about you
0: Well, it's real simple. Uh, Google Ted Rubin. About the first 15 pages is me. That's R-U-B-I-N. Feel free to reach out to me on any of the social platforms. Again, I'm I'm at Ted Rubin or Ted Rubin on most platforms, except for YouTube, which is Ted Rubin USA. And also, please feel free. I actually pick up my phone and my voicemail is not full. So my phone number is 516 270 5511. My email address is tedrubin at gmail.com. That is not just a throwaway email. That's the one I use for everything. If you reach out to me, I guarantee I'll reach back.
1: Hmm. Cooling. eh? I think I've got an app for that somewhere. Okay. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Ted Rubin, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show.
0: Bill, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working.